This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Forever ago, I read a book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. And I remember thinking this book was so interesting and so impactful because it was all about the power of having a growth mindset. Now, the cool thing about that book is it really helped me uncover the areas in which I maybe had more of a fixed mindset. So why am I telling you this? Because I can geek out on positive psychology and mindset all day long because I truly believe the only thing that separates a lot of us from having the life that we want is the mindset that we have and the thought process that we have for ourselves. That's why I was so excited to bring on today's guest, Rachel Jimenez. Now, if you aren't familiar with Rachel, she is the founder of Money Hacking Mama and runs a really popular Etsy shop. In less than two years, Rachel went from working a full-time job she wasn't really passionate about and being a part-time student, raising two young kids and struggling with postpartum depression to quitting her full-time job, running her own business, making a bigger impact and easily bringing in over 12000 per month. Now, since she started her career, she's helped thousands of women, business owners, and students save time and money, reduce their stress, achieve their goals, and increase their happiness. Rachel is passionate about positive psychology and financial independence and believes successful, happy people can make the world a better place. What a fabulous bio, right? Everything about Rachel is so cool to me. I think she's a really inspirational person. And I love that she has a background in positive psychology. So here's what we're going to cover today. In this episode, we talk about what happiness actually is, the PERMA model of positive psychology. I really love this PERMA model tool. I think it's super helpful. Dealing with postpartum depression and how her positive psychology background helped her pull through. How Rachel was able to quit her job and do Etsy full-time addressing mindset issues and the negativity bias that let's be real, we all freaking have how Etsy served as Rachel's means to working towards a goal. And it really helped her get that purpose back. Rachel's course on how long it might take for somebody to achieve increased levels of happiness. She's created this fabulous course that I'm actually going through right now. And I will definitely be reporting back on some of my own takeaways and how I'm implementing this in my life. But if you decide you want to join in on this course too, you can definitely check out the show notes. There's going to be links to Rachel's latest webinar, which is helping you uncover three secrets to optimizing your life and increase your happiness. And all of that is going to be linked in the show notes. So we talk a lot about how that course is structured and how long we can actually expect ourselves to increase our happiness levels. We talk about why developing a positive mindset is a lot like lifting weights and pivoting, knowing when to quit or when to shift when it comes to your business. I love this episode so much. This episode was so timely for me because I was going through a lot in my personal life and trying to make some decisions at that time too. So this was really helpful for me to just remind myself to focus on my mindset and not get into the weeds and really reframe all of my stuff, especially with that PERMA model. It's very helpful. Okay, you know the drill. Let's go ahead and dive into this episode with my friend, Rachel Jimenez. 
Hey, do you need a financial coach? If so, let's work together. As a coach, I help you get structure around your finances, visualize your ideal life, whatever that looks like for you, and more importantly, put together a strategy to help you get there. A lot of people hire me because they want to pay off debt faster and more efficiently and boost up their savings or increase their credit score, and those are all awesome goals. Financial coaching just helps you because I hold you accountable the entire way. Yeah, for better or worse, we're kind of like we're married. So if you want to take the podcast concepts that you're learning here and apply those to your life with my help, then you need to apply for coaching at WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. Once again, that's WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. I am so stoked to work with you and help you reach your financial goals. Hey guys, I am so excited for today's guest. Rachel, thank you so much for hanging out. Oh, no problem. I'm so excited to be here. I love your story. So you, you have quite the background. So tell us a little bit about your background from like an educational standpoint. I always think that's interesting. Oh, okay. So I studied business. I actually, when I was 18, like many young girls, I wanted to go into fashion. Um, Mm -hmm. And so there's the fashion Institute of design and merchandising FITM, And it's like a hundred grand for an AA. And my mom was like, you're insane, but you got to like live this amazing LA life. And so I was just sold. I wanted to do that. But my mom was like, we can't afford that. And do you want to take out loans? And I was like, no, I don't. So I ended up getting a scholarship, a surprise scholarship, because I was a top student to Cal State San Bernardino and they didn't have fashion merchandising, but they had entrepreneurship. And I was like, okay, well, fashion merchandising is basically business and fashion combined. And Mm -hmm. so let me just learn the business side and then I'll figure out the fashion side later. So I studied business for undergrad and then I wasn't ready to fully grow up. Um, So I decided to get my master's degree. I got an MBA straight after undergrad. And then a Many years after that, I ended up studying positive psychology. I was working at Claremont Graduate University, and they offered tuition remission. And so um, as an adult with a master's already, I decided to pursue another master's degree with um, in positive organizational psychology, which was really interesting. And I think we'll talk about mindset and stuff like that later, but it's basically the study of success. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And one fun fact is a lot of people know of flow and Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi is basically one of the founders of positive psychology and the author of flow. And he was one of my college professors. What? I'm so jealous. Yeah. yeah. He That's passed incredible. away, unfortunately, uh, fairly recently, but he was sitting in his class. He's just such a genius. And wow, it was really amazing to be around him. Yeah. I always, I love people that are interested in positive psychology. I find that there's the two camps, right? Some people are just naturally a positive person and some people really have to work at it. What type of person are you? Ooh, that's a good question. So I think one of my interests in it is that I'm, I'm not naturally, I remember meeting people like when I was in high school, I was a server or a hostess and then a server. Mm-hmm. And there was this girl that would come in and she'd be like, hi, how are you? And she was always so bubbly. And I just, I thought that was happiness. So I was like, I'm yeah. not like her. And to be like, to be happy, you have to be that. So that was my vision of happiness. And I'm not that way. Um, naturally. And so I I have my moments, but I'm more introverted and like more calm. Mm -hmm. And so one of the biggest takeaways for that I learned in positive psychology is that's more affect. And that's more like Mm -hmm. whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it's not whether or not you're happy, you can never smile and be very happy and be content. And so there's so many more definitions to happiness than what we kind of think and even what like media portrays. So media is like, oh, you have to have this perfect life and then you'll be happy. And like stoicism, I'm very interested in. And there's so much more stuff to what happiness actually is. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think I'm more naturally, I thought I wasn't a happy person and I I wanted to work towards it. But then going through that program, I realized I was happy. I just wasn't this extroverted, like bubbly, smiling all the time, happy. Mm. And that's okay. What, I I feel like happiness is kind of like success. (laughs) So we all hear that term and we're like, I don't know what that means. Like, is it being the the happy, bubbly person all the time? Is it never having a bad day? Like what to you, what is, what is happiness now that you know a lot more than the average person? I'm so glad you asked this question because I think a lot of people search for this and there's actually scientific research around what happiness is. Mm. So these are theories, right? They're not necessarily like this is happiness and this is unhappiness, but it's people come up with theories and then they test them and they see like, Mm. does, if we do certain things, if we pull certain levers in someone's life, does their happiness increase? 
and the way that they're measuring it. And so I really love Martin Seligman is one of the founders of Positive Psych and he is still alive. Um, So you can check out his research and he's still doing more work, but he came up with this model called the PERMA model. And it's an acronym. So I'm going to teach you happiness right now in like five seconds. Change your life. I'm about it. (laughs) So P stands for positive emotion. So what makes you happy? And it can be different for other people, but joy, inspiration, awe, like seeing a beautiful sunset, listening to comedy, listening to really upbeat pop music, dancing, like very simple stuff, but that can, eating a really good meal, like that can fill you Mm. with positive emotion. You feel amazing. But that's not all to life because sometimes, you know, you're you're not experiencing all those good things, but you're happy. And so another one is engagement. And so that's kind of the concept of flow. Like if you ever are doing work, you as a creator, you probably get this a lot, but you're, you sit down and maybe you're getting it right now on this podcast, but you, you're so ingrained with what you're doing that you lose track of time and you're working on projects that are meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. So that's a sense of flow or engagement. That's really important. You kind of lose track of time. And you don't realize that you're happy in the moment because you're so focused on the thing that you're doing. But then after that thing you do, you're like, wow, that was really fun. Like a lot of people get this in sports from snowboarding, uh, rock climbing, things like that. Um, So it's kind of just this pure focus on a certain task. So P-E-R is relationships. Relationships, as we know, are really important. Um, That's kind of how we survive as tribes and things like that. And so and I think a lot of people realize their happiness went down because of COVID. But if you look at it, we were isolated. So relationships are important. Meaning is important. So doing something that's bigger than yourself. So some people get mm-hmm. this from church, having a sense of purpose, giving back to community. Other people can, you know, creators, I think, get this from serving people, even if other people will never, you know, somebody might listen to your podcast and you never met them. But you sharing helpful tips with them gives your life a sense of purpose and that gives you a legacy. And then the last one is accomplishment. So working towards hard things. I think what's interesting about modern society is that we're always trying to hack things and make things easier. And that's good to a certain degree, but actually doing hard things and then like realizing that you're strong and getting that accomplishment, it's not so much the the accomplishment feels really good. Like you're going to have that high right then, but it wouldn't feel as good if you didn't have all those hard things before it. And so it's working towards something bigger than yourself And over time, like you need that in your life. And so goals are important Hmm. working towards things. I know you just did that 75 hard challenge. I think that probably, but (laughs) but, but now you you're on the other side and you can say like, wow, and you can look at what you did and that gives you a sense of accomplishment and pride. And then that fuels your confidence, I think too, to do bigger and better things. So there you go. I love that. So PERMA, that's, that's the method. That's the secret to happiness. Yep. Sounds simple, not easy though. (laughs) Exactly. Like all things in life, right? Right. Exactly. I find this so fascinating. One thing that I admire most about your story too, is that you, I'm going to say stumbled and I don't think that's the right word. You intentionally chose to go down this path where you were building up a business and an Etsy shop and helping other people. So maybe this is your fulfillment piece, your accomplishment is um, giving you that meaning. You have more, more beyond just you. And so you started doing this stuff with the Etsy shop. Was it Etsy first and then money? Like how, how did you do this? Like what, which came first? So money hacking mama started first, actually (laughs) they started basically the same time. So I think I did the Etsy store first. It was like one month. I think it was, let's call it July of 2019. I think it was that could have been August. I might be off by a month. I got that running and then I, put a few things in my store. And then I moved on to the blog. Um, and I said, okay, let me figure out this blog and blogging takes a lot more time and energy. And that's what I really wanted to do, but Etsy just seemed interesting. Mm -hmm. And then they life got busy and I wasn't seeing any results. And so I was just kind of like, Oh, this is hard. And I'm want to spend, I had in 2020, I had no in 2018, I had my son in 2020, I had my daughter but as my son got older and life got busy, I was like, I'm just going to you know, spend time on what's important to me. And I was going to school at the time and working full time. So I was oh doing my a gosh. lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And so That's I was just like, so much. And it was a side hustle. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to like make this my business. It was like, this is for fun. And then if it stopped being fun and I didn't see results, I was kind of like, nah, moving on <laughs> or I'll come back to it when, Completely. you know, I think, and I think a lot of people deal with this. Like you're like, oh, I'm going to take a week off and then a week turns into two weeks. And then before you know, it's been six months. 
you're like, oh, I should really write another blog post or something. Um, and so, and <laughs> totally. I, I, so then it wasn't till I had my daughter and then I really was like, I don't want to work. Like I want to take this seriously. I don't want to work full time for the rest of my life. And so that's when I looked at everything I was doing and I was like, okay, Etsy had been, even though I didn't do a ton in the beginning and I didn't have a ton of products in my store, I was making about $50 a month mm-hmm. um, without me touching it. And so I was like, okay, I'm posting on Instagram. I'm re- trying to write blog posts. And then I have this Etsy store that I haven't done anything with and nothing's really making money, but Etsy is. So what if I like put all my time and energy or all the extra time and energy that I had and really focused in on that. And so that's what I did. And that's when things really started to shift for me. I find it fascinating too, because I, I don't have kids, so I haven't dealt with postpartum. I haven't dealt with schedules, sleepless nights, like all of that stuff is so foreign to me. And I have so much respect for people that do have to navigate that. I'm curious for, for you from an emotional standpoint. So you, you had your daughter, you have postpartum, you're trying to navigate that how, what were some of the struggles you were going through? Cause I can imagine that is like a total mindset shift that you had to go through. Yeah. So you mentioned postpartum just to clarify for everybody, I had postpartum depression. Um, and so I, and it was during COVID, my daughter was a COVID baby. And so my mindset was shot. And the other thing, when I had my son, I remember sitting in the hospital and just, and I'm not a crier and just crying, but they were happy mm-hmm. tears. I looked mm-hmm. at my husband and I looked at my son and I was just like, I am so happy. This is what, and I never even thought I really wanted kids until I did. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'm so happy right now. And the, I remember the doctor walking in and like looking at me and was shocked and was just like, are you okay? You and okay? I was like, I'm okay. I'm just so happy. And she was just like, okay. And I'm sure there's, were all kinds of hormones rushing through my body too, but I was so happy after I had my son, after I had my daughter with COVID. And I think the biggest thing is just also having a toddler at home that you have to manage way more than double the work. And I was just overwhelmed. And I feel like the biggest thing too, I was, I I had lost myself like before, Mm -hmm. before I had kids, before I was married, I like studied abroad in Paris. I studied photography and painting. I would just do what I wanted to do. And my husband and I would travel when we first like got married. And then I was just kind of like, I'm stuck. I can't travel. I can't do anything. I have these two children I have to take care of. Like it was just this, all this stress. And then I think, and I think a lot of people have this, whether or not you have kids, it's just everything that was going on in the world. It was a lot to deal with. And they've done studies. I was listening to the radio the other day and they were talking about just the up in anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. for people because of the last couple of years. So I know that I'm not unique, but it was just there was so much going on. And so we talked about PERMA earlier. The good thing and the good news for me was that I had that model. I had studied positive psychology. So I was like in this dark moment of my life, but then it dawned on me one day, like a moment of clarity. And I was like, Rachel, the reason that you're not happy, like look at the PERMA model. You don't have any of those things in your life. Positive, Positive emotion. Like you're exhausted all the time. You're not spending time with your friends. You're not like we were eating okay, but you know, like there were just things I wasn't listening to comedy shows or things like that. And so simple stuff that I could switch, but I just, I wasn't listening to podcasts, which I always used to do. So I wasn't getting that inspiration and then engagement. I wasn't really working on projects that I was fascinated with because I thought I was overwhelmed with my kids and work and everything. I was like, Oh, I can't take on any projects, which then because I wasn't doing these side projects, I didn't really have meaning. I didn't feel like I was helping other people. Um, I wasn't getting those accomplishment, like hits, you know, of dopamine because I accomplished something because I was just, I felt like I was surviving day to day. And every single day looked like the last day because I was working from home. I had my kids, like it was just routine and one day blurred into the next. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, well, duh, of course I'm not happy. Like, Mm. look at what your life is. It's the opposite of what happiness is. And so once I had that realization, then I just went back to the PERMA model and I started scheduling those things. And I was like, okay, I what are, what are big goals? I don't want to work for the rest of my life, like a full-time job. So what can I, can I start growing my Etsy store? That gave me a big goal that when I learned something that would give me that sense of accomplishment, um, I was able to engage my brain on things other than just feeding my kids and surviving. And so there was, then my life really started to like shift and it it took time. Like I still had anxiety and depression, but like little, little steps every single day would start to get me in the right direction. And then 
you know, within a few months, my Etsy store took off once I really started focusing on it. And I remember showing my husband, like, look, I, like I'm making passive income. I, I could quit my job. And, what? Yeah. And he was like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. Like, what if this, what if this is just like seasonality and it's just a fluke? Like you never know. And I was like, okay. And so we agreed that in a year it, I could quit my job. If as long as everything it wasn't kind of a fluke. kept growing, that it wasn't a fluke. And so, yeah, about a year later, I was like, all right, look, look at this data. It looks what? good. And I quit my job to do Etsy full time. And I am shocked. Then I had more free time to work on my blog. I'm working on creating a course right now. That's all about what, yes. what I'm talking about right now, which is like what I went through. Cause I also think it was a mindset shift. Like mm-hmm. before I had done side hustles, but I didn't have a strong mindset. I would, something would get hard and I would give up. And then a mm-hmm. lot of the things I learned while studying positive psychology and just going through my own journey is that you have to be consistent. You have to show up every day and you have, there's certain things that you can do that are based in science that can help you put those in your schedule and get them done. And then over time, just like with budgeting, with saving money, with paying off debt, if you do things consistently a little tiny bit every single day, over time, you can make these huge moves and it's like compounding interest. And then, then all of a sudden you're an overnight success, but it took five years to get there, you know? (laughs) And all the hard work of like not letting your negative doubts and all of that imposter syndrome and, it, the thing that I find so fascinating. So you started, you started these businesses and you were getting some results. So making 50 bucks a month passively is really cool. I got to be honest. Sometimes I feel like my mindset, even if I saw that and saw that, Hey, there's an opportunity here. I would still maybe be like, uh, 50 bucks. Like it's, it's not enough for me to quit my job. And I feel like maybe a lot of people would self-sabotage in that way mm-hmm. of diminishing the work or the potential there. I'm curious for you. So when you were doing all of this side hustling, you're, you're being a mom, you're like going through COVID, you're getting your butt kicked left and right. Truly. How did you have that initial mindset? Like, was this a hard convincing or was it because you had done all the work on your mindset previously that it wasn't an uphill battle for you? Was this something you had to do a little bit of convincing for? That's a great question. I think I wasn't so much, I didn't have an, a negative mindset at, at that moment. I will say with a lot of things, like I'm about to launch this course and I still have like, what if I'm not good enough? What if nobody buys? And then I'm like, totally. Yeah. All the normal, it, it's normal. But then I talk to other people that have done amazing things. And I'm like, you like, you're making a million dollars a year selling courses. And you think about this. And I'm like, okay, like you just have to get past this. And you kind of like think mm. that little devil on your shoulder of like, that's cute. You're trying to keep me safe. And again, like, that's what I talk about in my course. So I have to, I have to be the model for what I preach. Right. And so it's like that we have a negativity bias that's known in psychology. And if you think back of like caveman days, right. If we heard something rustling in the bushes, it could be a frog, but it could be a lion. And so, but it's better. We're more likely to survive and pass on our genes. If we thought it was a lion and we hid or we ran or we got our spear or something and we were wrong, Mm -hmm. then if we were, and we were wrong and it was a frog, then if we were like, oh, it's just a frog and it's actually a lion. In that case, we would die and we don't pass on our genes. So the ones, the people that are around, we have like the strongest negativity bias because our ancestors passed that on to us to help us survive. That's so fascinating. But it's there to it's there to keep us safe. And but then you have to look at the context of like what is the world that we're living in? Mm-hmm. We're not living in the jungle anymore. You know, like are there things that can hurt us? Like, you know, do you have to be careful on social media because somebody could, you know, get your contact information and do something bad? Like, or they could hack your accounts. Like, yeah, there's things that can happen. You don't want to just be like, here's my password, like here's my driver's license card, and I'm not gonna block out anything when you share stuff on social media. Like, you want to protect yourselves. But also, like, how big is the risk? What's the worst that can happen? You can think about that, but also what's the best that can happen? And so I think it's really helpful for people. It's okay to have that negative thing and think about that. And that is there to protect you, but don't let that be the only way that you make decisions. You also have to focus on the positive and like, try to be optimistic and say like, well, what's the best that can happen? There's this great book called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. I don't remember the name of the author. Um, but it's all about shifting your questions because I think a lot of things happen in our mind about the, it's the questions that we ask. And I think money nerds, like we ask, we ask different questions. It's like, I want a house. Well, the market's high interest rates are going up, but, and so it's like, we immediately 
say those things to ourselves and then go like, I can't afford it. Whereas a money nerd, somebody creative that's asking different unique questions might be like, it's hard. It's different. That's true. But how could, how could I make this work? Yep. Could I house hack? Like other Mm -hmm. people are buying houses right now. What are they doing? What do they know that I don't know? Could I go talk to somebody? Like these are all creative kind of big picture positive questions that you can ask yourself and being curious can just lead to so many more successes in your life where other people just like shut down the curiosity because they're like, nope, not possible. And so like that door is closed and it will forever be closed because you're not curious and asking any questions to find different solutions or options for yourself. It makes a ton of sense. I I will have to check out that book. I've heard that and I haven't read it yet. So I'm embarrassed to say that. No, it's so good. And it's a fast read. It's really fast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sweet. I will definitely check into that one. I'm curious for your, your Etsy shop. So you're going through this life analysis and you're trying to figure out with the PERMA model, what's missing and how could you increase your happiness when you were working on the Etsy shop and you started to realize that this could actually help you achieve happiness. Did it immediately become something where you're like, okay, I'm going to 20 hours a week go into this and that's how I'm going to get my meaning. Was it something kind of gradual that you dabbled with? Like, how did you start to scale it up? So I think from a happiness perspective, it wasn't, and it wasn't even like, I'm going to do Etsy to make me happy. It was just true. True. I need, I need a goal. I need a goal and I need to have a project to work on because I'm like, one of my strengths is that I'm an achiever. And so like, and I'm a learner too. And so I need those in my life. And so understanding what is important to you, what you value and putting pieces of that in your life is really important. And so it could have been any project. It could have been remodeling my home. And like for people listening to this, it's like, yeah, a side hustle, if that's what you're interested in. And like, that's what I studied. And that gave me meaning because I could put all this knowledge I had to work. But if you have some other interests or passion and you want to write a book, or you want to, like I said, redecorate your house or, you know, mm-hmm. learn to sew. I don't know. It can be anything. I think just having a, a goal that is challenging for yourself is so valuable and can lead to so many interesting results and conversations. And I mean, this is a weird tangent to go off on, but I feel like my marriage improved because I we were working in the same room in an office together. We would see each other all day long. Literally the questions we had were like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know what do you want for dinner. What's on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like this routine and it's so boring. Totally. Right? totally. And so we need like I love structure and routine, but I also like love to have excitement and surprise and you have to have both. I think it's super important. Mm-hmm. And so working on a big project makes you a more interesting person. It gives you something to be excited about, to talk about, and so like you might you're curious. So you listen to a podcast and then you have something interesting to talk about with your spouse Mm -hmm. or your friends, because you you're, you're doing interesting things and people will like sense your energy and your excitement around things. And so I just feel like it creates so much energy with your relationships. And we talked about that as another part of PERMA. So, you know, if you go to your friends and you're just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Oh, good. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I just watched this Netflix show. Like the energy is so (laughs) so lame. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's, it's boring. And our your friend's going to want to hang out with you. Like maybe I hope so, you know, like you, I'm sure you have things to talk about, but I think if you're working on interesting projects, it can just make your life so much more fulfilling. I fully, fully agree with that. And I think the people that are doing not even these extravagant, huge things, but they have some form of fulfillment and passion. And it's not just same old, same old, like they're very, interesting, dynamic, charismatic people. We're just naturally drawn to them. I know a lot of people, especially if you, I've been there before too, where it's like my mindset isn't quite right or something isn't working in my PERMA model at all. Like I need, I got to go revisit. A lot of times we hear this stuff and we're like, good for Rachel. She's amazing. She's a different breed of person. I admire that. That's not me. If they were to really, let's say they take your course, they dive in and they're like, okay, no, this is the year I'm going to start becoming a happier person. Realistically, and I know this is hard to say, but if somebody really did prioritize their mental health and their happiness over that course of a year, would they see big results? Like, would they see results in a week, a month, a year, five years? Like what's typical? That's a great question. From a typical side, it's hard to answer, right? Because I mean, you're looking at averages 
And there's, there's so much scientific research. I will say like the course that I did, I just added an evaluation. So maybe in a few months I can answer this for you, but there's an evaluation that's based in psychology at the beginning. It's a scale for happiness basically, or for flourishing that people can take so they can assess this for themselves. So you take this in the beginning, you go through the program, and then at the end, you take it again. And you can see for yourself, and you could see how long did this program take me? For some people, it could take you know two days if you just binge did everything. Or for other people, more likely, it'll take a couple weeks, maybe a month. Other people, a lot of people never finish courses, so maybe other people take a year. That's totally fine, right? Like Do whatever you have to do. But seeing the before and after, I think, is really helpful. Um, cool. But I think... I mean, going back, I'll go back to you. Like you did that 75 challenge. Do you think your happiness increased from doing that? Yeah. And I would say for me, ironically, it was around day 45 actually. Cause I, I have notes and tracked it. And that was where I started to feel more fulfilled and more proud. But I, I mean, I wouldn't say it was like, thrilled about going for walks out in crap weather. Like nobody's excited about that, but it was that accomplishment piece and that like, okay, I got this. Um, but it took probably 45 days for me. Yeah. And I think that's normal. I think they say there's some stats out there. That's about like 21 days to build a habit. Yeah. And so I think if you're looking at from a foundational perspective, what you're doing is trying to build better habits. So if you're, if you're unhappy right now, I would recommend for people like, look at your habits. What are you doing in your day-to-day life? Are you doom binge scrolling social media. Um, and like, maybe you're saving all these really interesting tips, but are you taking action on any of them? And so maybe you can switch and like, take some action. Like you share amazing tips, but what are you going to do with that knowledge? Like action is so important. And I think just hoarding all this information in your head, it, it gets overwhelming too. I think in society, there's so much great content out there, but it can be overwhelming. And so rather than like, just letting content come at you on all the social media channels. What if you like found a couple ideas and explored those really deeply? And rather than letting the stuff come at you, you go seek it out, right? Mm -hmm. And like set a goal for yourself. Is it paying off debt? And so you're going to like Google every article that you can about paying off debt, but then you have to actually switch it from just getting all this knowledge and actually take action. And you'll learn so much more if you actually do something too. And you'll accomplish things over time. And hopefully that will lead to more happiness. I so agree. When you were working on your happiness and just revisiting all of the stuff you already knew, but you're implementing it and taking action on it. What were the results that you saw with your business? Great question. So specifically from like a financial perspective, I would say within, so around when my daughter was born is when I really focused on my Etsy store. And I would say, I had, I think I told you earlier, but it was about, it took me about nine months to get to a hundred cells on Etsy. Um, and so, and that was making, you know, $50 a month, a handful of sales each month. Yeah. And then within a couple months of really doubling down, I made about 900 in a month. And then I remember the month after that, it was around 4,700. And then within, I think within like three or four months, I was over 14,000. Dang girl. Yeah. So it really like I hit the curve, right? Yeah, and you totally did. And honestly, like we talk about imposter syndrome and everything, literally every day I would look at my phone and I would just be in awe. Like it wasn't like, oh, and I still, I still look at it and I'm just like, this is insane. Like I, and you don't necessarily believe it's possible and still until you see it for yourself. But I think, Mm -hmm. I do think it's possible from, we talked about mindset earlier, but I, this is a helpful like tip that people can have. If you haven't achieved a certain level of success and you think it's not possible for yourself, one, look, look to your your life and your past experiences. Maybe for example, you've never started a business or you haven't made passive income. So it doesn't feel possible, mm-hmm. but you've probably achieved something, right? So I think a lot of times our, there's this little voice in our head that will be like, you're a failure. You can't, that's not possible for you, mm-hmm. but we've all accomplished something in our life. Like you probably know how to walk. And when you were learning how to walk, you probably fell down a lot. And it's so simple, but if you really think about like, now that I'm a mom and I see my kids and what they accomplish, it's really amazing what they do. So rather than just like ignoring these little accomplishments, pay attention to those. And like, did you have an amazing project you did in school? Have you helped somebody in a really amazing way? And it it can be the little stuff and that's okay. But that can give you a little boost of confidence into what your skills and your strengths are. And so, and then you can leverage that confidence and that inspiration and that like feeling that you have to then take a little bit of action 
in the right direction. Have a little bit of confidence and go outside of your comfort zone. And over time, if you do that enough, you'll get those other big results. And the things you never thought were possible, like you'll get a little sign. And I think I love this analogy that I made up. So so many people will set this big goal. And I think there's all these like life coaches and stuff that are like, set your big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, all right, you're going to make a million dollars in a year. This is going to be the year it's going to happen. But if you've never made $1, like on your own, yeah, that's a, that's a, just, that's a huge difference. And I don't want to be a naysayer and say it's not possible because it is, but let me, I'll give the example of like weight training. If you went to the gym, having never lifted weights in your life, and you just walked all the way to the heaviest dumbbells where like those big beefy guys work out <laughs> where it's like 300 on, I don't know. I don't even know how big they go, but they're huge. It's like 200 pounds for each dumbbell. And you tried to lift it up. It wouldn't even budge. Like, no. you'd be like and nothing would happen for sure. And so, and nobody would be like, one people would be like, what is that person going to do? And they wouldn't judge you because they just be like, Oh yeah, that's normal. Like you go to the other side, like start with five pounds. Can you do that? Okay. Once you can do five, do 10. Once you can do 10, do 15, keep going. And like slowly over time, you'll get there. Well, with money, people just think like, Oh, I'm just going to make a million dollars. If I believe it, it will happen. And it's like, Oh my God, we'd so do that too. It's so lame. (laughs) And like, there's, it's different because like, literally you have to build muscle to get there. And so we, it's tangible. People can like, okay, I don't have enough muscle. I just need to build more. And I think like there's my body, my physique. I don't know if I could ever lift like 300 pounds on each arm. I don't like, I'd probably hurt myself, but our mind is a muscle, right? Like we have to build up things in our mind to get to the other side, to be able to do bigger things and you have to stretch yourself. And so that's another analogy and a similarity to working out is you can't just stay in your comfort zone and like keep lifting those five, those mental five pound dumbbells and then be like, all right, now I'm just going to go to 300. Doesn't work that way. You have to be like, okay, Ooh, 10 pounds feels scary, but I'm going to do it. And then you do it and you're like, Oh, this is possible. Okay. Like maybe I can move up to 15 and you do it and it gets Mm -hmm. hard and you keep doing it. And then it gets a little easier and then you can move on. And so you're constantly pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And I think that's so important. Do you think you would have had the same results using, because obviously to grow any type of business, there's strategy involved where you have to do certain action steps to, to grow anything. But do you feel like you would have had the same results if you weren't also focusing on your mindset during that time? Honestly, no. Is it because you would have quit or? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you have to be consistent and you have to not give up. And I like, I am a recovering perfectionist and someone that's afraid of failure and it sucks to fail. It is uncomfortable, but I was listening to like a real estate podcast and he was like, you can't lose money in real estate because it's tax write-off. If you lose money, it's a tax write-off and like eventually you'll make money, which is interesting. Um, (laughs) But I was like, like well, not wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, well, if you if you give up, like you're locking in the failure, right? Mm-hmm. Just like if you think of the stock market, if you sell when it's low, you're locking in your losses. But like if you fail and you keep going, the odds of you being successful are there are odds. It's possible, right? So true. Whereas if you just give up, there's it, the chances are zero. Immediately go to zero. There's no way that you're going to be successful if you give up. This is so period. good. Like this so, is good information. Cause I, I just think of how many people constantly struggle with specifically business. I used to, when people would tell me business was hard, I don't think I understood why I'm like, it's easy. You have a good product. You sell a good product. You're done like that. It's easy. But when you run your business, you realize it's more of a mindset. <laughs> That's oh the hard gosh. part is like convincing yourself to like stick something out, knowing when to quit, knowing when to pivot, like and all of that comes down to your mindset. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation. Yeah, me too. And I think you just mentioned pivot and knowing when to quit. And I think that's an important thing to mention too, because I think sometimes you go down a path and it's not the right one for you. And I think that's not fail. It's you're not locking in your failure. If you pivot, it's just, you, you have to keep trying something, right? Like I, in a sense, gave up on blogging for a period of time. And Mm -hmm. I focused on Etsy because you only have, you have limited resources. You only have so much time, money, energy. And so I was like, okay, let me just, I think there's an opportunity here. Let me focus on that. So I think honing in on what you want to do is important. And then you can always come back to that. But the biggest thing, even if you're pivoting is that 
you take all those lessons that you've learned, you have a growth mindset and you use that to move forward. Like you fail forward and that's okay. But when I say failure and it's giving up, if I just said like, you know what, I'm just never going to do a side hustle. I'm never going to start a business. I'm just going to be a full-time employee for the rest of my life. And like, I don't even want to be part of this world. And even if I, if I did that for like even a year, I would say that's okay, but you got to come back eventually. And ideally like ideally, if you can just be like, this is uncomfortable and I don't like it, but I'm still going to do it tomorrow. Even if it's just for five minutes, that's better because it's just building the habit and the routine and being okay with being uncomfortable. It is so true. I, I think this is such an important conversation. I'm very glad that you started your course. Tell us a little bit about the course. Like what was the inspiration for it? Why did you do it? Why now give us all the deets? Yeah. So I, I love that. I mean, so many, so many things to start with. I can see, I have my Etsy store, which is passive income through digital products. So I, I love that business model. Mm-hmm. Like the margins are high. You can make something once and sell it forever and you're helping people, but it doesn't take your time, right? Yeah. Like you, you do something up front. And so I love that, that model. And so a course is just the next level of that. So from a business side, I'm like, that's amazing. And then I, I want to help people and I want to serve as many people as I can. And so I think I was, I'm, I took a course to learn about Etsy and that course was life-changing for me. And so I believe in courses and helping people and like learning from people that have kind of been through a journey that you're on right now. And like, they're on the other side. And so I'm like, okay, how can I help other people? Cause I think a lot of people, moms, business owners, creators are going through what I went through and maybe they're working full-time and they want to start something, but they have that little voice in the back of their head that's telling them like, no, you can't do this. Like you can, but there's literally psychological tools that you might be missing that if you just had these, it would make your life so much easier. And so, and they don't teach this stuff in school. I mean, they did in my school because I, that was the specific degree I chose, but like when you go to high school or general ed for college, they're not teaching these things. And I think for just everyday life, it's valuable. Like, like I like the idea of helping people that want to have start a side hustle. But I think like my course is optimize you optimize your life academy, how to achieve success and happiness. And so there's all these people that talk about success, but then you can get burnout. So that's not good. And then there's people that talk about happiness, but they're not talking about the reality of like, no, you need money and you gotta work. And so how do you kind of combine these things and create this journey, this life that you enjoy that also helps you get to your goals and achieve your goals. And so it could be a financial goal, like paying off debt. It could be something like starting a side hustle, but it could just be like, you want to work out more. And I think people have the same negative thoughts around getting fit, right? Of like, oh, this year is the year I'm going to get fit this year. And then that cupcake looks really tasty, right? Or <laughs> for sure. <laughs> whatever, something happens in your life or you're just like, oh, your body just tells you I'm tired. I do not want to wake up at six in the morning. And you listen to that instead of the voice that's like, come on, let's go. You can do this. And so it's about shifting the things in your brain to help make those habits and those lifestyle shifts a lot easier. And so that's what I want to provide for people. Is your course, is it structured where like it's at your own pace? Is it kind of like you have to go through module one, module two, like how did you structure it? So it's, I think it's six modules um, and it's go at your own pace. Um, I have it structured, so it definitely goes in order, but if some people are rebellious and if you want to jump around, you can, Um, but it covers things like stress and overwhelm. So I have this like frequently asked, I have a model that's based in the PERMA model of like, you know, figure out what is happiness for you. Let's base it in the PERMA model. Let's put this in your schedule. And then here's all the things that are going to derail you from achieving this, like being stressed out, being overwhelmed and worrying too much. Here's how Mm. to get over that. That's so helpful. Limiting beliefs, that little voice in the back of your mind, all that stuff. And it's the cool, it's all based in positive psych. So this isn't just me being like, yeah, I think this will work. Like say a few mantras that'll make you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. It's, 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 research-based. It's based in the science of positive psychology. Um, and it's what helped me change my life and start my business. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. I almost feel if, if I were to redo all businesses, what I would probably do differently would be starting with a course or training like yours to get my mindset right. I feel like 
business success from a financial standpoint would be so much greater sooner had I had the right mindset going into it. And so I, I almost feel like I would do a course like that first and then go launch my side hustle, my business, whatever it might be. Exactly. And that's what I think, that's why I created it because I think there's all these courses and the courses work. I mean, I'm a success story from the Etsy course that I took. But one thing I noticed is that I'm the number one student. Well, what's different about me? Yeah. And it's all the stuff that I learned in positive psych. So I think that's a differentiator. And I look at now I'm in a course about building courses and I hope to be Mm -hmm. one of the top students for that. But again, there's going to be people that weren't successful and look at what is the thing that they're missing? Probably mindset. You know, what's so funny too, is I have been through the same course that you have been through and I have an Etsy store and I can tell you, there's no way in heck it would even buy my coffee consistently. (laughs) There's no way. And it probably does come down to that mindset of, do I believe that's possible for me? Mm. And do I actually have the goals and the system and the framework set up to support that? And I don't. So I think it's very interesting to see that this is kind of testimonial, right? This, if you don't have your mindset right and you don't have the right goals and structure for your own life, you can go through the exact same education, but it doesn't mean you're going to get the same results. Absolutely. Oh, Rachel, you are a rock star. I have learned so much and I don't know if you know this, but everything you're saying has been like also reaffirming for me and a good reminder of like, Hey, Whitney, get your stuff together. This is what you have to do. I'm really excited about your training so moneyhackingmama.com slash webinar is where people can go get a taste of all of this in a more condensed format than my rambling ADHD brain. Um, but I'm really excited about that. So with the webinar, then they will have the opportunity to learn more about the course to see if that's for them. Is that the case? Yep, exactly. So it's a free webinar. They can come learn my secret strategies to optimize your life for success and happiness. And then from there, there's an invitation to join my course and go deeper. If you don't want to, that's fine too. I think the, I know the three secret strategies are really valuable and will really help people. Um, and you can make a lot of wave, moves and waves just from taking the free webinar. So I would highly recommend it. I love it. Thank you so much. That's going to be linked in the show notes. So if you want to join in and listen to the three secrets and kind of start hacking your own life so that you have a more positive, healthy mindset, I'm all about it. Rachel, before we officially part ways, are you down for some rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's go. All right. First question for you. This is a weird one. I'm kind of obsessed with morning routines or evening routines. So what is your current morning or evening routine, depending on if you're a morning or evening person? So more, I think I have a morning and nighttime routine, but my, what's most important to me is my morning routine. So I wake up every morning and God willing, um, (laughs) and I get my, my kids ready for school or for daycare. And then I go work out. I go to like boot camp hit style workouts. And then I come home and drink my protein shake. And then I give myself at least about an hour to create something. Um, so like when I was working on this course, I would just sit down before I checked email or anything like that. I would sit down and just work on what my highest priority action item was. And I will tell you that is a hot tip Like for anybody trying to do something big in their life. Doing it first thing in the morning is so helpful. That alone is worth everything. I think that's a really, really great tip. All right. Next question for you. What is one book you find yourself gifting most often? So I talked earlier about change your questions, change your life. I think that's amazing. I'm reading right now, Tiago Forte's, I think it's second brain or building your second brain. If you're a creator, it talks all about the creative process. And like, there's so much gold in that book. Highly, highly recommend it. I'm not even finished with it, but just the creative process and like time hacks for making creating things so much faster and easier. It's, it's amazing. You as a creator, you should read it Whitney. I'm um, adding it to my list now. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> Vicki Robbins, your money or your life from a financial perspective. That one's gold too. That is such a good book too. I agree. Where is one location you're dying to travel to? Thailand. Any yeah. specific part? No, that's a good question. I haven't done enough research. I just know I love Thai food, which it's probably different from like California Thai food. Um, but I just, the tropical part, I think a lot of people do geo arbitrage and go over there and it's more affordable. So I like that idea too. That would be fun. All right. Last question for you. In your opinion, what is the secret to financial success? Budgeting. Um, maybe not a sexy answer, but I started, my husband and I got YNAB when it first came out, um, gosh, it was probably around 2015 
And around that time, we also learned about like the fire community and we started saving more money. But I think here's the thing. Success comes down to what I'm learning from all the things I've studied, whether it's personal finance or business, consistency and habits. And so just doing little things every single day. And so if you're spending less money than you make every day, and then you invest that money, it's going to be like, you're going to build wealth. Um, it's a no brainer. It's just going to happen. But I think building the habit of spending less than you make a, a budget really holds you accountable and actually makes that possible. And then once you, even if you could just like spend $1 less a day, then it, again, going back to that weightlifting example, then you make it $2, then you make it $5, then you make it $10. And it's not as uncomfortable once you build those habits. That is such a good answer. Rachel, thank you so much for your time. I have seriously, I've learned so much and I'm going to start using that PERMA model immediately and learn the rest of the strategies from the webinar. I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been so, so much fun. All right. What were your takeaways? Tell me all the deets. I got to know what were your things that really stood out to you? For me, it was most certainly the PERMA model. I just think it's so helpful. It's a really good tool and it's one that I've been finding myself reflecting on quite a bit. Before we part ways, do me the biggest favor. If you've been listening to this show for a little while and you haven't yet taken the time to leave a review, please do. It seriously means the world to all podcast hosts, especially myself. And it would really mean so much to me if you just took the time to leave a five-star review and tell me a couple takeaways that you get from this episode or from the podcast in general. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. I love you. And I hope you're having a great week and I will see you next week for another episode of the money nerds podcast. Bye. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.